Welcome to Artists of New England. This is a podcast created to inspire you on your journey of artistic expression. Whether you are a career artist, a teacher, an emerging artist, or hobbyist, you can learn and gain support from your peers. We will explore the symbiotic relationship between these groups, lending insight and empathy towards each other. We will discover the where, when, why, and how of the creative process of artists living and working in New England, with occasional bonus interviews with gallery owners, collectors of fine art, and art historians. Perhaps today's show will bring you the aha moment you've been waiting for. Welcome to Artists of New England. I'm your host, Laura Kessneri-King, and today I have with me photographer Scott Thorpe from Rochester, New Hampshire. Welcome to the show, Scott. Hi, Laura. Thanks for inviting me on. It's an honor to be here and happy I could do this. Great. So we love to start with your ties to New England in particular, but I think that your story is pretty fascinating with your ties to Portsmouth and the Isle of Shoals. And the more I learn, the more excited I get to hear about this and share it with our listeners. So give us a start. I was born in Portsmouth Hospital. My parents lived over on Badges Island in Kittery. And then they moved to uh, Portsmouth over on, I forget which street it was first, Dennett Street. And then they moved to Washington Street. I had the chance to live right across from my grandparents, my mom's parents. They actually lived wow. right across the street from me. Nice. Uh, my parents then built a house in Kittery, and I was able to live with my grandparents while they were building the house, and uh, I went to kindergarten in Portsmouth. Oh, nice. And then after that, I went to first grade over in Kittery. Mm. But the cool thing was, when we moved to Kittery, it was beside my father's parents. Oh, so wow. So I moved from living beside my mom's parents to living beside my father's parents. Yeah. So tell it, we're going to get into it a little later in the podcast, but give us a snippet about both sets of grandparents because their roots go down deep here in the area. Yeah. my On my mom's side, my grandfather's grandfather wrote a book about the Isles of Shoals and mm. his life in Portsmouth. Uh, it's called Sprays of Salt. And it's just different stories about his growing up in the area. Um, Portsmouth daily life in Portsmouth in general and uh, so on. So And the Shoals, right? Yeah, and the Shoals. Yeah. And the Shoals. Mm -hmm. And then... And what year was that? 1944, I think. Wow. Yep. Very nice. So I get a lot of my interest about Portsmouth from his side of the family, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Then my father's parents, uh, my grandmother worked for the Navy Yard, my grandfather worked for the Navy Yard, and they did a lot of traveling uh, with her job. So when they came back, we'd have family slide night, and I think I was the only person who really <laughs> wow. enjoyed family slide night because they were pretty lengthy. I think they were a couple hours long. And, wow. Uh, so, yeah you, yeah, you were drawn yeah, to it again. Get, and yeah. what age was that? Do you remember? Uh, I'm not quite sure. It was mm -hmm. it was early on. Yeah. But I remember seeing photos of Greece wow. you know, lit up at night and stuff like that and figured that was pretty cool. So Wow. That's amazing. So tell us your um, first dabblings in photography as a youngster. Uh, it was fourth grade trip to Augusta and I took a little 
pocket instamatic camera with me <laughs> oh yes so, yes yes <laughs> we all have those one of those things you had to put the film in the mail and wait yeah. oh, a week for it to come back delicious anticipation would, that's right that's right you knew two weeks later when the film came back what you got <laughs> yeah I love so it. and then uh from that it went to uh sixth grade i had a great teacher mr graves and uh he taught us dark room activities, stuff like that. It wasn't really with photography. It was more contact prints. You would put something on a piece of paper, oh. expose it to light, and then develop it. Okay. And uh, from that, right into high school, uh, camera club. So mm -hmm. I was able to go around, take pictures, stuff like that. Actually, it was a good way to get out of study hall and <laughs> class. I, oh, boy. <laughs> so. Hey, sometimes those things become That's a right. career, you know. That's right. So that's fascinating. I love the, the history of your family. We're going to get back to that again later. What, um, what did you do with photography after high school? I shot weddings and portraits for a while mm. at a studio in my house. Mm. Um, but it got to be too much that I was doing it for other people. I wasn't doing it for myself. Mm. So it really became, it, it wasn't fun anymore. So I, I gave it up for a couple of years yeah. and uh, put the camera down, sort of walked away. And pick it up every now and then, but nothing mm -hmm. major. Yeah. And I haven't shot a wedding or a portrait since. Really? Yep. So what did, yep. did in high school, were you drawn to um, portraits or were you drawn to nature? No, it was just the fascination of, of having a camera and taking a photo of something and then the whole developing of it. Okay. Um, the whole I used process. To look, yeah, was... I used to look at a lot of history books mm -hmm. and... That's, I think that's what sparked my interest, too. Just okay. recorded history before I knew it. It's like, wow, this, this is what happened, and mm -hmm. you could see it. Yeah. yeah. And someone so, captured that. Someone captured that. that and, and, and a photograph can, can capture a lot of emotion. Yeah. Yeah, it's, well, yours certainly do. Well, um, so let's talk about then what you did. What brought you back to it? You put it down for a while. Yeah. Uh, 2011, I was diagnosed with cancer, mm. and part of my recovery was to pick up the camera and start shooting again. Mm -hmm. And I, I thought that was going to be a challenge because I couldn't drive. <laughs> I could barely walk oh, no. because of, you know, the sickness that I had yeah. and, and the drugs that I was on, stuff like that. I, sure. I just couldn't do it. So I, I couldn't understand how my therapist was telling me to go out and shoot something. Right. And then she said something. She said, shoot with your heart, not your head. Mm. And so that made a huge difference. It was, it was something that really stuck with me. It's like, all right, so for once, I'm, I'm not going to think about other people. I'm going to shoot yeah. what I want to shoot. And I had to shoot small. I couldn't drive anywhere to, to get a seascape or anything like that. So I had to go out in the backyard wow. and walk 50 feet and take a photo of dew on a grape or on a flower or something wow. like that. And so that's what uh, that's what sparked it. But and did so, it change the way you take photographs, do you think? Yeah, because, because I, 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 I did it. I was doing it for myself. I wasn't doing it for approval of other people. Mm. I was, for the first time, sort of pleasing myself. Did it change the way you see things and look at? Yeah, I, I, I think it did. I I just sort of go and observe things now. I don't really, I don't set out with 
a mission to photograph anything in particular hmm. unless it's unless it's like a storm or or something like that but on the average day it's just pick a destination go there and what happens happens wow. that way that you don't disappoint yourself if you go and hmm. you you say i need to come back with two good photos that i can put online that people will say yes i really like this or they leave <laughs> lots of comments or something like that <laughs> yeah. then you're doing it for the masses. You're not doing it for yourself. And if you go with the assumption that what happens happens, if you come back with something that's good, it's that much better. Wow. That's well said. So what kind of training and education workshops, classes, what did you, how did you train yourself? Basically Mm -hmm. self-taught in high school, there was camera club. So Mm -hmm. it was a little, a small group of us that would, just shoot and work in the dark room, stuff like that. And now it's basically friends, bouncing ideas off friends, um, a lot of YouTube videos, a lot mm. of podcasts. Nice. Yeah. That's that's wonderful. Yeah. So you're um you're not a full time photographer. No, I have a regular a regular full time job. job. That's what I thought. So part time you're doing this. Um what's your process like? I Photography for me, and probably most of us, is probably pretty lame as far as we whip out our phone and take a picture. So tell us the real experience. What do you use? What's your equipment? There's nothing wrong with an iPhone. <laughs> no, right. A, a lot of people, Where would most of us be without it? It's quite honestly, some of the comments that you get, and this happens with other photographers that I know, it's you have to laugh sometimes the comments you get is like oh my god this is the best photo you've ever taken and <laughs> you're thinking that was with my iphone <laughs> you post it online you and, do oh yeah yeah some of them some of them are taken with the iphone oh i love it yeah yeah i know quite a few people that have those Trick comments us. yeah yeah now i have a uh, nikon d750 okay and uh the funny thing is that takes a camera and each image is over 20 megs in my first computer, the hard drive was 20 megs. So, yeah. so now each photo that I take would have <laughs> filled the hard drive on my original oh, camera. Amazing. Yeah. Huh? yeah. Wow. That's pretty awesome. And um, do you use, uh, do you develop your own uh, photos? Not anymore because it's all digital now. So it's all done on the computer. Use a couple okay. of programs, Lightroom and Photoshop. Okay. The, the camera will take, you, you can set the camera up to take photos a couple of different ways. Uh, the average person takes a photo and the camera interprets it as to what it thinks it should look like. And that's called JPEG. I think most okay. people are familiar with the sure. terminology after it'll have the file name and then say JPG. That is a JPEG. What does that mean? Uh, I forget what it is. It's a mystery. It's, yeah, I forget what it is. John, Paul, and George. Yeah, something like that. Okay. And then most photographers who take it seriously will shoot RAW and JPEG. RAW is a flat file, and it's the same thing as a JPEG, but a JPEG is processed by the camera. RAW, when you import it into Lightroom or Photoshop, you can adjust the brightness, the contrast, bring out more details, saturation, okay. stuff okay. like that. More, much more so than the 
the JPEG. Much more so than the JPEG. The, hmm. the JPEG has less information. It's already been processed. A RAW is an unprocessed version of that. So you could change it to black and white if you wanted to. You could change, increase the saturation, decrease the saturation, as opposed to Photoshop being where you remove something or add something, just basic Photoshop. I see. We'll, okay. we'll do the same thing as Lightroom. And those are those are programs that people can rent online for nine ninety nine a month, I think, because hmm. you can't buy it. It's thousand yeah. dollars something Photoshop now. So wow. So it's a subscription based. <clears throat> yeah. So what kind of artists have inspired your work? I'm a big uh, Andrew Wyeth fan, mm. and the embarrassing thing about that is. <laughs> I always loved Christina's world. And then when I found out it was actually up Maine for the longest time, I thought it was Nebraska. Cause when you look at uh, it, yeah. it looks like something from Nebraska yeah. or Oklahoma. Sure. But then I was And you were Maine. disappointed. Yeah. Well, no, no, because I could oh, actually okay. go there. Oh, okay. I could go there. And I usually make one trip to the Olsen house a year. Mm. I'll go up there four or five hours, just sit in the rooms. And how and, does that, uh, does that influence your photography in some way? Yeah, because the light in there is mm. so unique. And if you sit there for that length of time, you can see it move Change. through the room and you can see how it's changed. And yeah. it's, and you it's, take a, it's a great place. At all? Yep, you can yeah. take photos in there. You can't use flash. You can't use mm. a tripod. So you have to get creative. You have to hold your breath, lean up against a wall and take a long exposure or, or something like that. Wow. It's a great place. Yeah. And, uh, it was just a couple of years ago that they actually revealed uh, revealed that Andrew Wyatt is buried there. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I did so not you can know go that. down to his tombstone, okay. down where the Olsons are buried. Hmm. Nice. So, your subjects. What are they? How do you choose them? What What leads you to photograph something? I'll shoot anything. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Uh, Doesn't just, even have just, to move. Just not weddings and uh, in portraits. <laughs> You're done um, with those. Yeah, yeah. I I could be tempted maybe with some portraits if it was something that I found, uh, like a character study or something like that. That that would be different than someone paying me to do their portraits. Yeah. On um, mm. the average day, I, I'll just go out and shoot whatever. I'll just pick a destination, drive. Sometimes you just drive through the countryside and so mostly if you landscapes see some, yeah, or seascapes, yeah, mostly landscapes, seascapes, seascapes. Um, lighthouses, mm. um, lighthouses is, have kind of a cool mm. meaning behind them. You know, it's, they're always there. doesn't matter what the weather is, yeah. what gets thrown at them, that lighthouse is there Yeah, and it, it takes what's thrown at it. So it's, it's got a pretty strong symbol. Sure. Uh, storms. I love storms lightning <laughs> you don't go out and chase them do you no no not at all no <laughs> i'm looking at your website and i'm thinking that you do so tell do. me how you, you do that what you, would you do you, you watch the weather you're you like, watch the weather well, and it's you, a good you, juicy you, one coming and yeah, we're gonna you watch the weather and you have to be on the front side of the storm okay you just make sure that you're ahead of the storm because if the storm's coming towards you mm. it can't really jump beyond you and get you yeah you know so you just you have, have to you play ever been smart. caught in one uh, yes, I have. Too far from I, the car. To... <laughs> I have a uh, funny story. One of my friends, Doug, and I, we were 
somewhere out west in New Hampshire, and uh, we were photographing some lightning. And he went one way, I went another way. And the uh, if it we decided if it got too bad, we were going to meet under the bridge okay. that was by a river, and we were going to it was an overpass, <laughs> and it really started to get bad. And uh, so I ran under the bridge, and I have no idea where Doug was. Oh no, no. So I sat there, sat there, and Doug had run back to the truck. He thought it was a little bit safer in the truck than underneath the bridge. So <laughs> Left you under the bridge. <laughs> yeah. But you got the better shot. We actually didn't get any. Oh, no. <laughs> I, I didn't get any shots that day. I think he did. Okay. Uh, he took one, and it, I'm in the shot, so it's actually showing the size of the lightning bolt in comparison. Oh, but wow. Just because you go out and chase lightning doesn't mean you're gonna get it. going to get it. Or you might get it <laughs> you might get it yeah okay so tell me a little bit you have a, this strong connection through your family through um to star island and um how is that what is that uh it, it's just it seems like a sense of place to me it's a place that i like to go it's relaxing you know it's seven ten miles whatever it is off the coast yeah it's a nice day trip you go out there spend the day out there it's not very big, but I always find something different to photograph when I'm out there. Mm -hmm. uh, the weather's always different. Um, and just the family connection of uh, relatives that have been out to the island, stuff yeah. like that. And what did they do there? Back in the day or, yeah. or now? Oh, yeah, back. Well, both. Um, well, back in the uh, 17, 18, early 1900s, it was a fishing community. So mm -hmm. there's a lot of... Uh, Fishing, lobstering, stuff and like that. Your now it's grandfather was out. My part of that grandfather's thing. grandfather. Okay. Yep. Wow. Yep. And Great. he tells a lot of the stories about being out there in that book. Yeah. So his grandfather, which would be my great 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 grandfather, built a house out there. Wow. And it's still standing. It's the oldest house on the island. So you can still go in it. So it's Oh my it's goodness. Kind of cool to that go is into very a house cool. like that. And you've and, photographed it. Yep, yep. I've taken my there's a mirror out there and some of the furniture is the actual furniture that was in the house. That's what someone told me. Yeah. So uh there's a couple old mirrors, so it's kinda of weird to think that your relatives <laughs> from that long ago looked yeah. in the same mirror. So, that is. So And do you have pictures of them? Uh no. 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 So you could very well be looking no. at your spitting image no. of great great grandpa. No. You just don't know. Right. Wow, that is that is so so cool. I love that. Tell me about what is your wow factor for a, a photo? How does it have to hit you to feel like you've really captured what you were? Each one's after. a little, each one's a little bit different. I I sort of know how I felt when I was taking it and. Mm. And when I'm processing it, you know, if it turns out the way that it's, it's kind of hard to describe. Yeah. Be because I'm I'm not set in intent on getting something. Okay, right. So, so yeah, sometimes, yeah, that. so sometimes I really don't know until after you get home. Mm -hmm. um, I become a little bit more slower in my thinking now. Before I used to go out and I would just photograph, photograph, photograph. It's like, oh, this is cool take a picture of this, take a picture of that. Mm. But I'm, I'm trying to be a little bit more deliberate and mm. narrow down the images that I have to look through afterwards. Nice. 
And then suddenly you'll just see something and say, yeah, that's what I felt when I was there that captured the essence of that yeah. moment. Yeah. Mm. Last week went to uh, Wagon Hill Farm and it was just a cool place to go. It'll take you down by the river. This fields, there's birds flying around, all kinds mm. of trees and stuff. And I knew it was going to be a good sunset because uh, some of the apps that we use, now you have to be part meteorologist, you have to be part scientist <laughs> to be a photographer. Um, oh, boy. So you have apps, and it will tell you a couple of days in advance if the sunrise is going to be good. Wow. The sunset is going to be good. Um, Wait, we need will, these. Yeah. Us plein air painters yeah. need this stuff. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's called TPE. And it's uh, something you can put on your iPhone. Okay. And you uh, you download it, and then you just look ahead a couple of days, and it'll give you uh, sort of like a weather forecast of the sky. Wow. It's called Skyfire. I and, love it. Uh, you just look at the colors, the red of the colors, the more intense the sunset or the sunrise is going to be. And so you can plan. You can say, oh, it's going to be better in Portland. It's going to be better oh, in Portsmouth. Wow. It's going to okay. be better it's for the uh, continental U.S., so you can that use it anyways. very cool. It gives you the time of sunset. gives you the time of moonrise. Mm -hmm. um, you can drop a point on the map. So if you're wondering how we all get the moon rising right behind Wellback Lighthouse. Yes, how yes. Does, how does everybody oh, know that? It's, I it's love an it. app. There's, there's an the app for that. An app. There's an app yeah. for that. You, now you so, sound like a coach. Yeah. Very good. There's there's also some other apps that you can actually use your phone and you look through where you're standing. Yeah. So like you're gonna take a picture of if we went outside and we took a picture, looked at the memorial bridge, yeah. and you change the date, it will show you where the moon is, where the sun is, at what time by changing wow. by changing the thing. I was uh we have <laughs> we have a uh solar eclipse coming up in 2024 i think wow. and i was up in the north part of new hampshire about a month ago and that's where the totality is going to pass yeah and so i used that i was able to actually dial in the date it's going to be april 8th oh 2024 you put in the time and then you hold it up like you're going to take a photo yeah. and it will show you where the what eclipse is, is going to be so you can say now this isn't going to be a good place to stand oh my goodness and then that's you, can, you can take a screenshot through your phone. <clears throat> that's amazing. And, and then save it. Wow. That one's called Photo Pills. Photo Pills. Okay. That's pretty cool stuff. That is pretty cool stuff. So what are you working on now or planning for the future? Uh, the biggest project? thing I have is I saw this series of photos that a photographer took back in 1923, I believe it is. It was taken from the main side tower of the Memorial Bridge. And someone stitched them together to form a panorama of Portsmouth back in 1923. Mm. And uh, so for the longest time, couple of years, I said, I, I need to do that. I need to do that now <laughs> since boy. the new Memorial Bridge. You mean go but, up there? Yeah, yeah. The problem is getting to the top yeah. of the tower. Tell us how you did that. Can you tell Bridge. us? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Um, I could have cheated. I could have used a drone, but yeah. I don't own a drone and I don't yeah. want to fly a drone. I don't want to, yeah, I don't want to fly a drone close to the bridge because I don't know what They'd the, probably blow it up. Yeah. yeah. Who knows what would That's happen a good there. Thought. So, um. The next best thing is you got yourself up I, there. I actually got myself up there. It took me a while to find the right person. 
but someone was you mean they don't give tours no they don't give tours of that <laughs> and you have to be special to go up there yeah. I love um, it. so someone was looking for a photo of the memorial bridge lit up at night to use on a website to promote lighting the bridge mm -hmm. and ask if i wanted to donate a photo and that's Photographers get a lot of that. Do you want to? Would you like to donate, donate. a photo? Yeah. Just imagine. Because all, all you did all, was push a button. All the exposure <laughs> you're going to get. People are going to see it and want to buy your photo. And it, yeah. it really doesn't seem to work out that way. <laughs> but uh, I, I knew that the bridge had been good to me. And it had given me some good shots at night. Fireworks, lightning, stuff like that. Mm. So I, I said, yeah, sure. I'll let you use it. You have to credit me and, mm -hmm. you know, put my name under it link to my website mm -hmm. and they said great we'll do that and so that was my perfect opportunity to say I have a question maybe you might know who the person <laughs> is that I need to ask about getting to the top of the bridge and they said why would you want to get to the top of the bridge so I explained <laughs> the story yeah and uh, this person paused and thought and said well I happen to be the person you need to talk to. And yes, I can, I can get you up to the top of the bridge. I love it. So the bridge goes up every half hour during the day, I believe. Mm. So I had a half hour to get up and get the photos and get back down. And what we did was we, we stood on the center span of the bridge. Oh my goodness. And they raised the bridge up halfway, lowered the counterweight. And you step from the bridge onto the counterweight. <laughs> then the bridge came down, the counterweight went up. Then you step from the counterweight back out onto the catwalk on the very top of the bridge. Oh my goodness. And so I was able to take a series of photos and then you stitch them together in Photoshop. So that's, that's more of a traditional use for Photoshop, stitching photos together or something like that. Mm. And uh, I was able to create a panorama that was basically taken in the same spot as the original set of photos without from 1923, with, from 1923 oh my goodness. without cheating using a drone or, yeah. or something like that so where are you showing this we want to see uh, this no is right now i i had a health issue last year okay. after i did that i was able to obtain the rights from the portsmouth anthonym i believe that's how you yeah. say it they they have the uh, files that you can purchase and then you can do what you want with them. So I, I have the rights to be able to okay. use the original and this in a side-by-side, -side, maybe do it before and after, yeah. something like that. Well, let's hope that comparison of the two. So when, when you look at the two, it's, it's pretty interesting. It would um, be. Prescott Park used to be a big coal factory. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's, it's neat to put them side-by-side -side and look at the changes. In just a wow. hundred years, you got to get them up. Discover Portsmouth, every yeah. gallery in town. Do it, do it. Okay, so moving on to social media and marketing and all this fun stuff. How do you handle it? Your website seems to be up to date, and you seem to do a pretty good job on Facebook. Yeah, I, I need to answer a lot more, respond to a lot more comments. Mm. Um, I get quite a few comments on a lot of my photos, so I, I need to do a better job of actually saying thank you to every yeah. comment and stuff like that, because that's what will drive social media. Right. If you don't respond to what's coming in, the people won't respond back and sure. you fall out of that 
mm. search. Yeah. You know, I know one more thing a, to fit in the day, but right. you're right, right. It is true to make that connection. So yeah, yeah. That's and they're all different. What you what you put on Instagram is different than what you put on mm-hmm. Facebook. Instagram seems to be more of an artsy, whatever you want to put out there, people will like it. It's like, oh, that's, that's, that's neat. Yeah. Um, with photography, it seems like on Facebook, people want to see pretty flowers <laughs> and nice sunsets and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. If, if I put something out there that strikes to me more personally, yeah, it doesn't seem like there's as much interest, but that's because that's on Facebook, you mean? Yeah, right. Yeah. So talk about this photo for a minute, if you would, that you put up on Facebook, um, I think it was last week. And it's just, I love that when you put up your photos, they're well thought out and there's a little story behind them, which is really always nice. I've tried to put more of a story behind them because it, there's two lines of thought on that. You should let the viewer decide what they want to see in the photo. I'm sure it's the same way with the painting. Mm. You should step back and let them make their own interpretation of it. Mm -hmm. Or you should tell them how you're feeling when you took the photo, when you painted it. Mm -hmm. But then some people think that that's implying to that person that's, you know, Mm -hmm. that's restricting their thoughts on it. So sometimes I'll just write what I'm saying and then i'll say or it's just a pretty flower right but you get a lot of response yeah when you yeah. when you sometimes yeah. write something about it so this one here um is this beautiful old very weathered barn and was this in salmon falls uh salmon falls in rochester in rochester yeah and I, it was I knew the sky storm. was gonna yeah be good because of the app and uh oh, so, right. I, so, so i just took a <laughs> took a quick ride i didn't have long Okay. Uh, to get there. So I drove down the road and I stopped at a little church on Salmon Falls. And then I drove down the road a little bit and I saw this barn that I've driven past many yeah. times. Yeah. And the guy was out watering his garden. And so I stopped and I just said, hey, do you mind if I take a photo of your barn with the cloud? So do you usually try to get permission if it's a private yes. property? You yeah. do. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's a polite thing to do. Sure. And it's, it's kind of hard in this day and age because... Yeah. You go knocking on someone's door and you don't know what they're going right. to think. Yeah. You know, who's this person? What's he want? Right. But now I have stuff that I can give them, you know, that, that shows some of my photos and stuff. So I'm, yeah. I'm not just someone asking. Uh, nice. So, so I yelled out to him, can I uh, take a photo of your, your barn with the cloud? He's like, what? He was watering his garden. I said, <laughs> the cloud. And he turned around and looked up. He's like, oh. Yeah, look at that He's cloud. like, yeah. So I said, I'll, I'll give you a copy of it if you... Uh, so this if is you on your like. Facebook page, just yes. so I can tell listeners on yeah. under Scott Thorpe's Facebook page, June twenty first. Yeah. So yeah, it's just striking. And I, then tell I, us what you found out after you took the photo. Oh, that the barn was going to be torn down this week. He said yeah. it's a good thing that you uh, stopped and took a photo of it because the barn's coming down next week. Amazing. Rochester has some kind of policy about a barn being on property without a house. Oh, interesting. And so this is on its own own lot without a house so it has to come down or something wow and it just looks so ominous and yet to me that's just such a beautiful homage to oh, the thanks. barn you yeah know? it almost Isn't looks it? like it's fire coming out of out of it. it's like a little bit of destruction yeah. 
But I usually like to try and if I stop and ask someone That's if I gorgeous. can take a photo with their house or something in it, I'll mm -hmm. offer them a photo. Nice. Nice. Yeah, it was just a beautiful, beautiful shot. So what other challenges do you find in um, meeting the photography bug? Like, What's the hardest thing in getting out there and getting stuff done with your work and you know everything that has to happen? It's, I think it's more the perception of photography afterwards. Getting out there and, and taking the photos really isn't that hard. Oh. Um, if, if I feel like I need to go out and take a photo, you know, yeah. they usually can. Okay. And uh, even if it's just, I, I try and take a photo a day, even if it's with an iPhone. It mm -hmm. doesn't have to be my big camera. It doesn't have to be. It's just... You know, yeah. there's, there's sort of a saying, uh, you know, people ask, what camera do you use? Oh, that's great. You must have a nice camera. And it's like, it, it, it's not the camera. It's what you see behind it. Yeah. And the best camera <laughs> it's is... the same way with the violin. Right. People say, it's a beautiful violin. Well, yeah, you have to know how to play it. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. And the best camera is the camera that you have. And uh, very good. if all you have is an iPhone, do it. that's the best camera you have. Yeah. So, yeah. so take the photo mm, like and that. it keeps you, it keeps your mind thinking. You're always looking. Yeah. You're not just restricting yourself to when you have the big DSLR in your hand, mm. you have a, if you carry an iPhone or a droid, then you have mm -hmm. a camera with you at all, all the time. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. and you can take some pretty amazing photos with a, with a, um, iPhone. Mm friend of mine actually has a 20 by 30 that was made from an iPhone photo. Wow. That's cool. Does it um, ever feel kind of obsessive or hard to stay home and pass up a storm? Storms are hard. <laughs> storms, so there is an obsession so, there. <laughs> yes. Storms are hard. Um, it's, I think storms are the most thrilling thing that you can take a photo of mm. because it's, it's different than anything else. If you go out and you take a picture of a photo, once that uh, photo of a storm, once that storm is done, that storm will never ever happen again. Yeah. And if nobody else took a photo of that, see, that's what I mean. Do you like get obsessed? Like I have to be there because lightning, lightning, no one yeah, will catch yeah, that yeah, storm. Yeah, lightning. Yeah. <laughs> I can it's see it's that. sort of the same way with uh, sea smoke. Uh, yeah. How in, do you get in the there? in the winter time. Everyone watches the weather, and when the weather gets to 14 below zero, the water temperature is in the 40s. And so if it's like 14 below zero... You go out. You go out. You go oh, out. of course you go out. You go out. I had broken ribs a couple of years ago, and I, I went out. Um, because it only happens those oh, okay. that rare time. Wow. And the best time to take it is at sunrise, because mm. you get the golden light flowing through the sea smoke and stuff like that. Wow. Um, so that's, but everyone goes out for that. Not everyone goes out for lightning. Yeah, you do. I do. I do. <laughs> Check uh, out his website. What's it now? Scott Thorpe. ScottThorpePhoto.com. Yeah. ScottThorpePhoto.com. We'll have links to that as well yeah. on artistsofnewengland.com. So what do you see yourself doing in five years with your photography? Hopefully be a little bit better at my processing. Hmm. Uh, maybe get in another gallery. I'm here at Siri Street and I'd like to thank Elaine for that. It was yeah. very nice of her. You know, it's 
Yeah. It's a pretty amazing place here. Yeah, and your your yeah. photos are flying out of here, so oh, you're, you're doing well. <laughs> so I'm hearing up at uh, the Neville gift shop because I take a lot of photos oh, up, nice. at, up at Neville. But um, maybe okay. one more spot. Other than mm -hmm. that, would be. Mm -hmm. And do you sell from your website? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, website and another site called Fine Art America. Okay. Um, that's a direct print um, website. I see. So people can buy from that. It will be shipped to them. And any you, size. you can, yeah, any size. Wow. Uh, you can get it on canvas, metal. Uh, you can get coffee mugs, all mm -hmm. kinds of good things. From my website, that's where you would get a signed okay. print or something like that. Nice, nice. Yep. So, um, Let's talk lastly about your grandfather. Go back to the book. And um, I'd like to mention that it is on Amazon. And I'll have that link as well on the website. But do you mind? Could I read an excerpt Sure. at the end? I just find the wording to be so beautiful. I'm just going to read the preface. It might take a minute, but settle down and listen. It's beautiful. So this would be my... Great-great-grandfather. Great-great-grandfather. Right. John Downs lived on Mercy Street at the time in Portsmouth. And when was this published? 1944, I believe. 44. And he says, I wanted with all my heart to someday write out the story of my life on the sea. Why shouldn't I? My life has been the sea, and the sea has been my life. My story has been written from the dictates of my heart. This is no logbook, as flashes of memory have recalled the incidents I have jotted them down. Many stories have been written about the Isle of Shoals. Mine is to be a series of recollections, sprays of salt. I played on the rocks, an unrealizing child, as the poets and artists worked talents about me. The ocean they praised and painted was the ocean I owned, and for over 70 years this ocean owned me. I have rolled up and down on the waves of life. I have met people, some good and some bad. I have seen adventures on the sea, that would make your hair stand straight. I have rode through wealth and depression, and I have gloried in the ultimate beauty of nature, which has so often been vividly painted for me on the roof of the ocean. My earnest prayer has been to leave an everlasting picture of life on the sea and to prepare for the future lovers of the sea, a true account, simple in content and rich in morale. So beautiful, and this is just a little, tiny snippet of the beauty of this book that your great-grandfather wrote. So I urge everyone to try and get a copy of that. On I, like, I like the name of it because mm. sprays of salt. If anyone, you know, when you go down, you take photos by the ocean or you paint by the ocean. Yeah. You've had those sprays of salt on you. So, you, so you can relate to the smell, yeah. the sounds, the feel, yeah. you know, yeah. it's, I think it's what ties a lot of people in this area together, and they just don't realize it. I think that's very true, yeah. Yeah, I spent 20 years away from the area, and boy, I just couldn't wait to get back. Yep. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Scott, for being on the well, show. Thank you again. It's been a pleasure, and we'll Thanks. have a lot of your information on our website, artistsofnewengland.com, and also scottthorpephoto.com. All right, thank you. Thank bye -bye. you. If you found inspiration from today's show, make sure you are subscribed to the podcast and share it with a friend or two on social media. Also, take a moment to write a quick review on iTunes or share your takeaways from today's show on artistsofnewengland.com under today's episode. And while you're there, you'll find links to the topics mentioned in today's show. And don't forget to peruse the growing library of podcasts and resources. Thanks for listening. You got beauty to share with the world that no other human has. 
So get in the ring and pick up that brush. 